Welcome to the Faith for My Generation podcast, where our vision is to shake and shape a generation with the power of God's Word. We're on one mission, to raise up a generation of powerful believers through the relevant teaching of God's Word. I'm so thankful that you're here today. I'm your host, AJ. Let's get into the episode. This would be a good good prayer promise for us to pray uh, before we get started today. John chapter 14. Is it verse 26? John 14, 26, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Notice that. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. He will teach you all things. Make the comments bigger over here on TikTok. He will teach you all things. And bring to your remembrance all the things that I said to you. So we can have assurance knowing that when we study the Word of God, when we commit ourselves to God's truth, that the Spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit, He teaches us all things. And so when we do that, when we begin with prayer this morning, as we enter into our study time again if you've not interacted some way on the stream tapping some hearts on the screen sharing it liking it subscribing i ask that you would about half of the folks that are watching on youtube uh you you're watching and engaging but you've yet to subscribe it's interesting so if you've not subscribed to the youtube channel please do glad to have everyone that's on and watching let's get started let's pray pray with me father in jesus name we ask this lord that as we come to your word today that by the power of your word, you would instruct us by your truth, by the spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit. We thank you that he is teaching us all things through your word. And we believe that as we hide your word in our hearts, we'll not sin against you. But rather, we'll walk in your truth, we'll walk in your light, and we'll be imitators of you, Father God. In Jesus' name, if you believe that, type amen in the comment sections as we get started. Type amen in the comment section. And we're going to go to Ephesians chapter 5, and we're looking at verses 1 through 7. If you want to grab your Bible, grab your Bible, follow along with me. Ephesians chapter 5, starting at verse 1. I'm going to read the whole passage, and then we're going to work our way through verse by verse. Ephesians 5 verse 1. Therefore be imitators of God as dear children, and walk in love. As Christ also has loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. But fornication and all uncleanliness or covetousness, let it not even be named among you as is fitting for saints. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. For this you know, that no fornicator, unclean person, nor covetous man, who is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore do not be partakers with them. Ephesians 5 verses 1 through 7. Walk in love. That whole passage is showing us, teaching us what it means to walk in love. 
you know, sometimes we might think if we hear the uh, Anne Marie, I'm using the New King James Version. Um, people, when they hear the word love, oftentimes, especially in our society and cultural context, we hear the word love and we may think, uh, I don't know, many different things. I use this example a lot. We use the word love so arbitrarily, so flippantly sometimes. I love my wife. I love my kids. I love pizza. I love playing guitar. I love the fall weather. There's a bunch of different things, but every single one of those is either a different degree of love or maybe some isn't actually love, right? Do I really love pizza or do I just really enjoy it? Um, I can hear my mom right now telling me, you know, you don't love food. You like it, you enjoy it, but you don't love food. You love people. Love is reserved for people. And so what we're talking about today when we say walk in love, as Ephesians 5, 2 commands us, it's not a suggestion. It's not a good idea. It's a command. Walk in love. In fact, I want you to type that in the comments for me. Type in the comments, walk in love. Walk in love. We're talking about the God kind of love. Uh, the Greek word is agape, A-G-A-P-E, agape, the God kind of love. It is love that the King James language says charity. Now that, that probably helps out a little bit, charity. Now when you hear the word charity nowadays, we don't think of love. We think of organizations that do things for people. Well, that's probably not a bad idea or a bad analogy. A charity is someone that does good and benefits other people, helps people without expecting anything in return. A charity will go and help people uh, in, their, in their need at that moment. Well, the God kind of love is a benevolent, self-giving, freely giving love that meets the needs of people. The God kind of love is the love that loves first. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 5, verse 8, that God demonstrated His love for us, that while we were yet dead in sin, Christ died for us. That Christ died for sinners. So I didn't ask for the love, I didn't deserve the love, I was dead in sin, yet Christ died for me. Because God was showing His love. 1 John 4 tells us that we love Him, the Father, because He first loved us. So we walk, we are commanded to walk in this kind of benevolent God kind of love. Now, how are we going to do that? How are we going to walk in the love of God? Well, Ephesians 5, verse 1, our motto is 6855. I do not, no. Ephesians 5, verse 1. This is, this is powerful. Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children. You and I are instructed, commanded to be imitators, to be followers of God, imitating Him in His ways. I want you to type in the comments, be a follower of God. Type that in the comments for me. Be a follower of God. Be a follower of God. And if you're listening on the replay in the podcast channel, say it out loud where you're listening. Be a follower of God. What does it mean to follow God? It means to imitate Him. It means to copy Him. You know, maybe in the digital world and age that we live in, um, 
we don't use it as much, but we still, even at the church here, we still have, you know, printers that have the function of copying. You know, you lift it up and you can put the paper down and it scans it and it can run off copies. So you have an original or what we call a master, a master copy, and you lay it on the copy machine, scans it, type in 20 and it runs off 20 copies. It is an imitation. It's a copy of that which is, is original or the master. You and I are commanded to imitate, to follow the Lord, to imitate our Father and follow Him in His ways. I wrote this, the Spirit is using the natural illustration of children to, of imitating or copying their parents. Now, if you're a parent, you know this and you know it all too well. You know that your children, I'm a father of two now. Now, my son, he's eight weeks old, so he's, at this point, is still growing and developing. But my daughter, I, this is absolutely true for my daughter. My daughter says what me and her mother, my wife, say, and her grandparents, and things she picks up at different places. But especially if Laura and I, my wife and I, when we're talking, my daughter's listening, and she repeats what we say. Maybe not in that moment. Uh, maybe two or three weeks later, she'll say something, and I'm thinking, well, where in the world did you learn that from? And I realize, oh, that's something we say. My daughter mimics us in what we do. She repeats what we say, words, even like I'm going to call, you know, just say it for simplistic communication, big words. In other words, words a three-year-old doesn't actually know the meaning of or understands the implication of that word. But she'll say it. She says it. She says it. Or phrases. She'll say phrases. She, she was uh, a week or two ago, uh, for several days in a row, if something was going on, she would, say, she would say, Oh, it's okay, dear. It's okay. It's okay, dear. It's okay, dear. I'm like, well, where'd you learn that from? And I think it's, it's either Minnie Mouse or Daisy Duck on one of these little short cartoons was saying that. It's okay, dear. It's okay. Don't worry, dear. Oh, dear. You know, it's like, where, why does a three-year-old say, oh, dear? No, don't worry, dear. Now, as children, we learn to think in a certain way. And, and when you're getting married, if you're listening and you're, and you're single, you may, you've not experienced this yet, but I am guarantee you that when you get married, and for the married folk that can uh, testify to this, you can type in the comments if this is true or not. You will find out there are things that you say and do and ways that you think about things in life. And you just, you know, it's just, you don't even think about it. It's just subconscious, right? It's second nature. But when you get married, your spouse who's been brought up, even if you're very similar in what you believe and think, and you should be, the Bible tells us don't be unequally yoked together with unbelievers, especially in marriage. But So we can have, very, we can have the same beliefs and understandings, but there's just different characteristics of things we do. The classic age-old toilet paper scenario. Do, do you put toilet paper where it has a tail going out this way or where it rolls under, right? And for one person, there's one right way. <laughs> and for the other spouse, it seems like it's always the other right way. Or the toothpaste scenario, right? I've done marriage counseling with, on this, uh, premarital counseling, telling like it's going to be these little things. It's going to be these little things that you notice about your spouse. Do you, like me, 
push the toothpaste from the end up. I even have this little plastic device that I slide over the tube and slide it forward just to make sure that all the toothpaste has been pushed out. <laughs> and so do you push it from the end up or do you just grab the tube and squeeze in the middle? And there's only one right way, of course. So you begin to learn that there's these little oddities about yourself that you didn't know about because you just do them. And where do we pick those up? From our childhood and the homes we live and the, from the people that raise us. And we do things and we don't even realize. Sometimes we don't even think about what we're doing and realize what we're doing because it just, it's just second nature. Well, it should be no different for the child of God. The child of God should imitate the Father. So how are we going to learn to imitate the Father? Well, obviously from His Word. Obviously from His Word. He gives us instruction of what is His will. His Word is His will. So we know what He wants done. It's in His Word. His Word changes us. It corrects us. It instructs us. Listen to this. This is uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. Thankful for everyone that's watching and listening today. 2 Timothy 3, Verse 16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. So notice that the word of God is good for our understanding of who God is, doctrine, for reproof, evidence, of God for correction when we get it wrong how to get it get back right for instruction how to live the pathway training discipleship discipline in the Lord that we may be complete equipped for every good work so God's word gives us instruction on how to imitate him okay so what does that look like well let's turn to 1 Peter 1 1 Peter 1 Verse 13 through 16 says this, Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not forming yourselves or conforming yourselves to the former lust, as in your ignorance, but as He who has called you is holy, you should also be holy in your conduct. Because it's written, be holy, for I am holy. Well, one way that we walk like God is to fashion and conform ourselves to His truth. Because the opposite of that is to fashion and conform ourselves to the lust of this world, to our former lust as in our ignorance. When we were dead in sin, we were ignorant of the things of God. We didn't have understanding. Our understanding was darkened. Uh, we, we didn't see clearly. We, we didn't understand clearly. Uh, we were under the deception, uh, the deceiving power of sin. That's what Ephesians 4, 18 and 19 show us. We were a past feeling, having any remorse for sin. We were given over to lewdness and uncleanliness and greediness. We were blind in our heart. But when the glorious light of the gospel of Christ Jesus hits us and we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, we're made alive and we're changed and we're renewed. And now we are to walk as obedient children. 
not conforming ourselves to those old things we did in our ignorance, but rather were to fashion and conform, or the word conform literally, to be molded, to go in the mold, to be molded after the way that God lives. And the way that God lives is holy. Franny60 says on TikTok, but I failed so much. Guess what? There's new beginning. There's new mercies every day in the Lord Jesus Christ. Put your faith in Him and every failure is washed by the blood of Christ. And you're set on a brand new path in Jesus' name. So we're instructed, just one of the many things we can see from Scripture, not, not just one, it's not, this isn't the complete list, but many things we're instructed. One of them is we're to walk holy as God is holy. And you can walk holy. You can walk holy. Don't fall for this deceiving work that's in the earth that, that makes it out like the believer is just going to go from one sin to the next. You've been given a brand new nature. Lexus, it is live on YouTube. Yep. It is live on YouTube as well. You've been given a new nature. You've been given a new nature. The Spirit of God indwells in you, makes you alive. The dominion of sin has been crushed. And now we're under the power of grace that causes us to walk holy and to walk in love, imitating our Father. Look at this, 1 John 3, 1 John 3, verses 1 through 3. I love this. This is a passage that's in my prayer, prayer outline that I, that I use for prayer every day. 1 John 3, verse 1, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called children of God. Therefore the world does not know us, because it did not know Him. Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when He is revealed, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as he is. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. So notice that this manner of love, this powerful God kind of love has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. We've received his love, which is salvation. And now we are called children of God. We were, according to Ephesians 2, when we were dead in sin, we were children of disobedience. Ephesians 2, 2, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. See, the opposite of a child of God is a son of disobedience. It mentions it at the end of Ephesians 5, verse 6, let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. So I don't want to be a son of disobedience. I want to be a son of obedience. I want to be as obedient children, 1 Peter 1.14. And 1 John 3.1, I'm a child of God. And because I am a child of God, because you are a child of God, when you put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, you're born again into the family of God. And because you're a child of God, the world no longer knows you. 
the world doesn't recognize you anymore because the life of the believer is supernaturally different than the life of sin. Walking in darkness. We're going to see that next week. Next week we're going to we're talking today about walking in love. Next week we're going to talk about walking in the light. And then after that, walking in wisdom. We're just working our way through Ephesians 5. But with the understanding that when we walk in love, the, the way we walk in love is to imitate God the Father. We imitate Him. And everything about Him is holy. Everything about Him is pure. Everything about Him is just. Everything about Him is righteous. 1 John 3.3, 3, this, is, this is powerful. Everyone who has this hope in Him purifies himself just as He is pure. So if I'm following the Father, I'm going to walk in purity. I'm walking in purity. Uh, Jihad, someone told me there are two different accounts. Yeah, there's a, there's a fake account. Oh, maybe you're talking about something out in Scripture. There, there's a fake account of me on TikTok. He's doing a poor job. He only has a few people following him, but he's, copy, he, he's using my profile picture. He added a zero to my name, and then he's putting up my videos, and then he sends messages to people who follow back saying, hey, we're doing this great orphanage work in the continent of Africa. We'd love for you to send us money, and oh, by the way, I'll send you a prophetic dream uh, if you give me some money. He's a fraud. He's a phony. And I pinned the profile, a picture of his profile, but you're talking about the book, of, you're talking about the fig tree. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, so with that being said, don't, don't, I'm never going to message you for money. Maybe chocolate chip cookies, but not money. Not money. I'm not going to message you selling prophetic dreams. <laughs> 1 John 3, 2. Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But when we know that He is revealed, we shall be like Him, for we will see Him as He is. We're to imitate the Father. We're to imitate the Father. Now, when we imitate God... When we walk like God walks, by His power, not our strength, not our power, but by His power, remember we've got a new nature. Second Peter 1, chapter 4, chapter 1, verse 4 tells us that we're partakers of the divine nature. We've been given this new life. We've been engrafted into the vine of Christ. The Holy Spirit's dwelling in us. We're baptized with His power. We're walking in faith. We're submitted to the instruction of His Word. We're being led by the Spirit, Romans 8, 14, because we're children of God. It's our covenant right to be led by the Holy Spirit. When we are imitating the Father, we will walk in love. We will walk in love, Ephesians 5, 2, and walk in love. And what's our example? As Christ also has loved us and given himself for us. An offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. So the, the, the example, the example that we are given is not a low level or middle level. It is the highest level. It is the highest degree, the highest degree of the display of the God kind of love that Christ died for us. I want to read it, Romans chapter 5, verse 8. You know, if somehow you were just scrolling on TikTok or the Facebook or YouTube or X, you're listening to the replay, for whatever reason you're listening and you've yet to put your faith in Christ, this is how much Jesus loves you. This is how much 
the Father has shown His heart of love for you. Romans 5, verse 6, For when we were still without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. Scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates His own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having now been justified by His blood, we shall be saved from wrath through Him. For if we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of His Son, much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by His life. And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have received the reconciliation. So we've been brought back, we've been reconciled, we've been made right with God when we put our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us when we were without strength, verse 6. And then verse 7 says, you know, if there's a righteous man, you might get someone to die for a righteous man. And if there's a good man, you might be able to find someone that would lay down their life for a good man. But God demonstrated his love toward us, verse 8, in that while we were still sinners, not righteous nor good, Christ died for us. When we were not righteous, we're now right, the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21, He who knew no sin became sin that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. But when we were not righteous, when we were not good, now, you know, good fruits are bore through us because the Spirit of God dwell in us. Christ died for us when we were unrighteous and when we were wicked, when we were evil. And that's how God showed us His love. You know, I was just speaking to a guy two days ago. Just two days ago, I was speaking to a guy. And he, was sent, and I was, he, he started talking to me, asking me about the Bible. And I said, I believe the Bible is the Word of God. It changes you, shapes you, makes you clean, makes you holy. I said, let me ask you this. The Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, but if you put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, you'll be saved on your way to heaven. Your name will be written down in the Lamb's Book of Life. And I said, and I, I said to that gentleman, I said, if you were to breathe your last breath right now, would you be in heaven? And he said, well, I don't think I've done anything wrong. I'm a pretty good guy. I think I probably would make it to heaven. And I said, you, you, you don't have to be uncertain. You can have assurance. And you don't get to heaven based on how good or bad you've lived up to this point. You don't get into heaven based on what you do or your works. You get into heaven because you've been washed with the blood of Christ, having put your faith in the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ, confessing Him Lord, giving yourself to Him, and then His life lives in you. And that's why you never die. Because John chapter 11, Jesus told Mary Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. If you believe in me, you'll never die. Though you may die physically, you will never die eternally when you put your faith in me. And then you get changed. Yes, Creature on TikTok says, I finally found the guy who knows how to get into heaven. There's actually a lot of us that know how to get into heaven, Creature. Glad that you're watching and listening. There's a lot of us that know how to get into heaven. There's but one way. There's but one way that you can enter into heaven. 
And who, how is that way? John, we're taking just a detour here a second for, for my friend creature on TikTok. John 14, verse 6. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So the greatest display of love, the greatest powerful display of the love of God was when Christ died for sinners so that he could make a way to the Father so that your name could be written down in the Lamb's book of life. Looking upwards says on TikTok, you do not know how to get into heaven or even if it exists. Actually, I do know how to get into heaven and I do know that it exists. If it didn't exist and there wasn't a way, you wouldn't be arguing with me. But the reason you're arguing with me is because you're convicted in your spirit. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. Repent. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. He'll set you free. You'll be made brand new. And you can have eternal life. So the greatest act of love that we saw was the sacrifice of Christ Jesus. Now look at this. 1 John chapter... Not 1 John. 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 verse 9. One quick verse. But concerning brotherly love, you have no need that I should write to you. Listen to this. This is so good. For you yourselves are taught by God to love one another. I want you to type this in the comments. I am taught by God. Type that in the comments for me. Those that are listening on the podcast, say it out loud. I am taught by God. I am taught by God. I am taught by God. I love that. We don't go to a lesser teacher. There are people that we can learn from. 1 Corinthians 11, verse 1. The Apostle Paul says this, Under the unction of the Holy Spirit, 1 Corinthians 11, verse 1, Imitate me just as I also imitate Christ. And that's not the only time when that's mentioned. There are many times in Scripture where godly men and women are examples that we can follow their path. In the book of Hebrews, I think it tells us actually that there are people that have went before us, they're faithful, follow their example. So there is an example that we can follow that is a natural example. But when it comes to the love that you and I are to express, to give, and to walk in, that we are taught of God by Himself. We are taught of God Himself. And I love that. It's like Ephesians 4. We looked at that a few weeks back. You have not so learned Christ. Not learned of, facts, figures, dates, but learned Christ. The man Christ Jesus. The Lord Christ Jesus. We know Him because we have relationship with Him. Well, when it comes to the love of God, we know how to walk in love because we are taught of God by Himself. How are we taught of God? Through His Word through the work of the Holy Spirit in us. Just like a, like a piece of marble that a sculptor is chipping away and forming and fashioning, so we are being formed and fashioned. We are being put in that mold of God so that we can walk like He walks, so that we can talk like He talks, so that we can think like He thinks. It's a work of the Spirit of God. It's a miraculous thing. See, that's the thing. Don't ever underestimate how miraculous the life of the believer is. The life of the believer is so 
miraculous. It is supernatural. It is above the natural walk of life. And you and I are to walk in this walk of love. Now, then we are given in verses 3, 4, and 5, we're given point-blank examples of don't do these things. If we walk in love, there's a walk that is not love. And the walk that is not love is not fitting of the believers. So let's look at this in the next few minutes before we finish up. On this beautiful Thursday, I'm thankful for everyone that's watching and listening, whether on the live or the replay. I pray that you're being blessed by this. I know I am. Ephesians 5 verse 3, But fornication and uncleanliness or covetousness, let it not even be named among you as is fitting for saints, neither filthiness nor foolish talking, coarse jesting, which is not fitting, but rather giving thanks. So notice, I love lists. If you've ever listened to me, watch. If you've ever watched me before, listen to me, or you're part of the faithful on the podcast, you know that I love lists. So just real quickly, six things, six forbidden things that we are instructed to not allow them to live in our life because it's beneath the dignity of a child of God. As a child of God, there are some things that are beneath your way of living. Looking Upwards is promoting the podcast. It's called the Faith for My Generation podcast. Completely free. We're about to drop our 200th episode this coming Monday. Thankful for you promoting the podcast, Looking Upwards. Faith for My Generation, you can check it out anywhere on any platform. Ephesians 5 verse 3 says this, Fornication, uncleanliness, covenous, filthiness, Verse 4, foolish talking, jesting. Now what's interesting is, and we're going to talk through those things just for a few minutes, there's basically two categories of these sins or two areas of life these sins touch. One are sexual sins, sins of the body. Appetites that are uncontrolled. God created sex, and in the method and means by which He created it, He established it to be expressed in marriage. There is one place where sex is a, has a green light from God. Considering He's the one created it, He's the one that gets to make the rules. And it is only to take place between a husband and a wife, married. In a few weeks, we're actually going to talk about marriage because we're working our way through the back half of Ephesians. But between one man and one woman, married, that's where sex takes place. Outside of that realm, outside of that sanctified area of life, marriage, it's out, it's off limits. It's against the law of God. That's what fornication is. It's basically an umbrella term for any type of sexual activity that takes place outside of marriage. Uncleanliness is sexual perversions. It would be any type of sexual expression outside of the natural order that God created. Then you get covetousness. Well, what is that? That's desiring and wanting something. You might think, well, that's not sexual. But actually, in the Old Testament law, it says don't, among the things you're not to covet is your, not, is your wife's neighbor. Or <laughs> your wife's neighbor. <laughs> you, shouldn't, <laughs> you shouldn't covet your wife's neighbor, nor should you covet, covet your neighbor's wife. <laughs> what, I, what I meant to say. <laughs> then it says filthiness. Foolish talking or coarse jesting. Now, we don't use coarse jesting, but that literally means just dirty jokes. It means language that is impure. 
So we have sexual sins of the body. Then we have sins of the mouth, of the way that we speak, of the way that we talk. All six of these things, and this is not a complete list. You can go throughout the New Testament. You see other things that are commanded for believers never to partake in. None of these things are fitting or proper in the walk of love. If you're walking in love, you're not going to commit these things. Excuse me, I shouldn't say things. You're not going to commit these sins. If you're really walking in the self-sacrificing, benevolent love of God, you're not going to cheat on your wife. Because you love your wife, you love God, and you should show love toward the person that if you were to commit that sin, you should show love toward them and not enter into sin with them. So think about that. If you are walking in love, you shouldn't speak words that are filled with filthiness that causes your mind to think on filthy things and someone else's mind to think on filthy things. You shouldn't talk foolishly and use your words to destroy if you're walking in love. If you're walking in love, you're not going to enter into fornication or uncleanliness because you realize that only God's method of expressing sexual desire is holy, it is joyful, it is fulfilling, and every other way to express yourself sexually is sinful, destructive, towards yourself and toward the person you're participating with. Or if it's pornographic. If you're watching pornography, you're not walking in love. You're not walking in love toward yourself, filling yourself with destructive thinking that tears down someone else that is created in the image of God. Why, why would you look on and lust on to someone, uh, lust on someone and watching pornographic uh, videos Knowing that that person, you know, if it's a man watching it and it's women, that's someone's daughter and they're made in the image of God and Jesus shed his blood that they might be saved. But you're going to get a lustful high off of something they're doing? That's not walking in love. And then it's like I'm thinking about Joseph and all these things. When Joseph was serving in Potiphar's house... And Potiphar's wife begins to lust after Joseph and tempts him and says, Hey, just come lie with me. Potiphar's gone. Don't worry about it. I, everything will be okay. Just come lie with me. And what does he say? Let's, I don't know if I could quickly find it because I'd rather read exactly his words. Um, is it 39? Yeah, here it is. Let's see, verse 39, verse 6. Thus he left all he had in Joseph's hand, that's Potiphar. And he did not know what he had except for the bread which he ate. Now Joseph was a handsome in form and appearance. And it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast longing eyes on Joseph. And she said, lie with me. Genesis 39, verse 8. But he refused and said to his master's wife, Look, my master did not know what is with me in the house, and he has committed all that he has had to my hand. Basically, the Potiphar has allowed me to take charge of everything and manage everything for himself. 
Verse 9, there's no one greater in this house than me. He's kept nothing back from me, anything from me, but you, because you're his wife. Now listen, this is what Joseph said. This is beautiful. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? So Joseph's telling Potiphar's wife, he didn't say, Potiphar's been so good to me. He's put everything in my hand. He's put me in a place of authority in his house. He's entrusted everything that he has to me except you because you're his wife. How can I sin against Potiphar? Notice he doesn't say that. He says, how can I sin against God? How can I sin against God? Because all sin, the root of all sin is against God. Yes, when we sin, if you are to sin, it is a, you can sin against people. Everything we just talked about in this list of Ephesians 5, 3, and 4 are sins against people because it involves other people, whether sexual or through communication. It's involving someone, a recipient of those things. But at the root of all sin is sin against God. At the base level, all sin is against God and His, his will and His word. Psalm 51 verse 4, this prayer of repentance by David after he sinned, committed adultery with Bathsheba, murdered his number one right, or one of his right-hand man, Uriah. He writes this prayer of repentance. And Psalm 51 verse 4 says this, Against you, speaking to the Lord, against you, you only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight, that you may be found just when you speak and blameless when you judge. See, God is blameless when He speaks. He's blameless. He's just when He speaks. He's blameless when He judges. Because when we sin, at the base level of sin is my transgression against God. And if I'm walking in love as a believer, as a Christian, if I'm walking in love, I'm not going to sin against God. Verse 5. For this you know that no fornicator, unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater, someone that worships idols. So if you're coveting things, those are things that you worship. Has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. So the person that's actively practicing these sins, there's no inheritance for them in the kingdom of Christ and God. They must repent and be made right with God. And there's people, even today, this was written about 2,000 years ago, and still today, there's people running around speaking empty words, trying to deceive you, make you think that what you do if it's sinful, has no judgment following it. Now, if you repent of your sins, the judgment that should come on you because of your sins, should come on me because of my sins, is laid on sacrificially, substitutionally, on the finished work of the cross of Christ Jesus. But if I continue in my sins, I'll suffer the consequence of those sins now in this life. Many of these sins that we're talking about have consequence right now, but also eternally, lest I repent of them. 
And there are people who try to deceive. They want to deceive you. Some of them are in my TikTok comment section right now. <laughs> Trying to deceive. They're speaking empty words. Ah, no, you can, you don't. This whole God thing is all made up. This whole God thing's made up. Oh, no, no. That guy, AJ, he's just a stick in the mud. Don't listen to him. He's an idiot. Ah, you kidding me? He can't prove any of this stuff. Yep, 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 yep. But the wrath of God comes on the sons of disobedience. Now, look at this. You, I said 2,000 years ago, roughly when this was written, but you go further back. Go to the days of Jeremiah. Jeremiah 23, 14 through 17. Go even further back. This is what the Spirit of the Lord says through the prophet Jeremiah. Also, I have seen a horrible thing in the prophets of Jerusalem. They commit adultery and walk in lies. They also strengthen the hands of evildoers so that no one turns back. No one repents from his wickedness. These are prophets that are strengthening the hands of evil work, evildoers. They're, instead of calling them to repent and turn back, no, 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 no. All of them are like Sodom to me, and her inhabitants like Gomorrah. Therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts concerning the prophets, these guys who are lying to the people and not calling them to repentance, but rather empowering them, strengthening them in their sinful lifestyle, Behold, I will feed them with wormwood, says the Lord, and make them drink the water of gall. For from the prophets of Jerusalem, profaneness, pollution through the mouth, has gone out into all the land. Thus says the Lord of hosts, Do not listen to the words of the prophets who prophesy to you. They make you worthless. They speak a vision of their own heart. Not from the mouth of the Lord, they continually say to those who despise me, the Lord has said, you shall have peace. And to everyone who walks according to the dictates of his own heart, they say, no evil shall come upon you. Now that was in the day of the prophet Jeremiah, even further before Ephesians is written down, penned under the unction of the Holy Spirit. And in the day of Jeremiah, Jeremiah was beaten. He was in prison. What, he was thrown in a pit. He was taken a captive to Egypt. Why? Because he spoke the truth. And these false prophets hated him for that. They're running around and telling the people of Jerusalem, guys, don't worry about it. We're good. This Jeremiah guy, he's just trying to spoil the fun. He's saying we should turn from these things he's calling sins. Ah, don't worry about it. Why? Because they're engaging in sin themselves. And that literally the enemy is at the gates. Literally, these nations have come to bring judgment on Jerusalem and the people of Israel and Judah because they, will ref they refuse to turn from their sin. And God told them years past in the covenant, in the law, that if you'll serve me, I'll bless you. If you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. But if not, you'll suffer from the hand of the sword. The blade of the sword will bring judgment. And these false prophets are telling everybody, deceiving them with empty words so that they won't turn from their sins. Well, that's Jeremiah. Go all the way back to the creation of man. Go all the way back to when man was created. 
Adam and Eve, they're abiding in the garden. They're living in the presence of God. They were walking with God in the cool of the day. And this serpent that's used of Satan comes to speak to Eve. Genesis chapter 3, Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of the tree, every tree of the garden? The woman said to the servant, Servant, serpent, we may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden. But of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Now Eve added that. God didn't say don't touch it. He said don't eat of it. He actually commanded Adam and Eve to take care of the entire garden. If you're going to take care of fruit trees, you've got to touch it. But you can't eat it. That fruit, that's the Lord's. Verse 4, Then the serpent said to the woman, you won't surely die. God said we will. Satan says, nah, you won't. Verse 5, For God knows that in the day that you eat, it will open your eyes and you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. They're already walking in the presence of God. They're dwelling in the presence of God. They're walking daily with the Father. They see Him face to face. There's nothing that separates them, them from Him. There is no sin. Total perfection. Salvation takes us back to that relationship that they had. They're, they're there. They've got it. And Satan's trying to say, you'll be like God. They're already like God. They're made in the image of God. They have not been contaminated with sin. They're like Him already. But that old Satan, he's lying. Verse 6, so when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, lust of the eyes, and it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise, that's the pride of life, good for food, lust of the flesh, pleasant to the eyes, lust of the eyes, desirable to make one wise, pride of life. 1 John 2, 15, 16, and 17 tells us that all sin fall in those three categories. She took of its fruit and ate, and she also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. So from the very beginning, yeah, Barbara Larrick, you're exactly right. Looking upward says, don't you eat apples? Who said it was an apple? <laughs> the fruit's not named. Anyways, I do love apples, actually, all kinds. My favorite are gala apples. Fiji are pretty good. And I ate a good golden delicious, golden delicious today as well. But from the very time that man was created, Satan has been coming along with empty words trying to deceive. Because if he can deceive you, he can get you off of the walk of love. And lastly, we finish today, Ephesians 5 verse 7, Therefore do not be partakers with them. Don't partake in disobedience. Don't partake in disobedience. Walk in love. When you're walking in love, you're not walking in disobedience. When you're walking in disobedience, you're not walking in love. And we are commanded to walk in love as Christ did, imitating our Heavenly Father. Hey, I'm so thankful for everyone that's watching and listening today. If you've not yet subscribed on the YouTube channel or followed on Facebook, X, or TikTok, now's a great time to do that. Before we leave, I want to give you an opportunity. If you're watching and you're listening today, and you've never put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. 
and you know you need to make things right with God. The Bible tells us that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That's Romans 3.23. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Romans 6 verse 23 tells us the wages of sin, the paycheck for the work of sin, is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 10 verse 8 or verse 9 that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Verse 10, for with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Romans 5, 1 and 2 says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we also have access by faith into the grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Romans 10, 13 tells us, For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. The Bible tells us that God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever should believe on Him should not perish, but have ever lasting life. If you're listening and you've never put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, you're not listening by accident. You're here on purpose. If you're listening to the replay, you're not listening by accident. You're listening on purpose. The Lord loves you and He loves you so much that He has already paid the debt for your sins. You simply must receive His finished work by confessing Jesus is Lord of your life believing He's the risen Son of God, surrendering to Him, repenting of your old way and surrendering to Him and His newness of life. You give yourself to Him and He gives Himself to you. We're going to pray a prayer here in just a minute so you can do exactly that. But one other call. If you're listening, and at some point in time, you have put your faith in Jesus, but you know you've grown cold and you've walked away from God and you want to return and make things right with God, I want you to pray this prayer with me as well. And when you pray, having faith in your heart, according to what the Word of God says, you'll receive exactly what the Bible says we receive by faith. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17 tells us that if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. Verse 21, For he made him who knew no sin, that's Christ Jesus, to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. I want you to pray this prayer with me. Pray this prayer with me and receive Jesus. Receive salvation in new life. Say this prayer following me. Say, Father, in Jesus' name, I repent of my sins. I ask for forgiveness of my way of life. And I believe that you sent your Son to die on the cross for my sins, to be buried in my grave to die my death. And I confess Jesus is Lord. I believe He is risen from the dead and He is seated at your right hand. And just as He lives, so shall I forevermore. Lord, I surrender all that I am, spirit, soul, and body. Wash me clean, purge me by the blood of Christ. I'll live for you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer for the very first time or you prayed that prayer 
to return to the Lord Jesus Christ today. You either prayed it to receive salvation for the first time or to make things right with God. I want you to fill out this form. Now, if you're watching and listening on the YouTube channel, Facebook, or on X, I've just posted the link in the comment section. If you're watching on TikTok, you can go to my link tree and fill out the form. And as Looking Upward says, when you fill out the form and, get the, and we get the information, we're going to send you a study guide, Bible Basics for Spirit-Filled Believers. It's completely free. All you do is fill out the form, and we will send you a study guide. It's a 12-lesson, 12-chapter study guide that if you take it and you study through it with your Bible, it'll make you a strong believer. It'll give you understanding on the very foundational basics of what it means to be a believer, to believe, to be a Christian, to follow Jesus. Completely free. Completely free. We'll mail it to you. And so we're thankful for you that you've done that. If you do that, we had six people last week. Six people fill out that form. Six people that filled out that form last Thursday. Praise God. And so I'm believing that if you've done that today, go ahead, fill out that form, and we'll richly bless you. We'll send you that book in the mail. Make sure that you stay connected with us. Next Thursday, we're going to kick it back off at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Walk in light. Walk in light. Come join us. Love to have you. Thankful for you. Jennifer, appreciate you. Glad that you're listening. Always good to see you on here watching. Thankful for you. I pray that you have a great rest of your day. We'll see you next week. Hey, if you're in the upstate of South Carolina, the Lawrence area, come join us. Sunday mornings, 1030 a.m. We'd love to have you. All right, God bless you.
Good morning, everyone. Glad to have everyone that's jumping on. Mia on TikTok says she's excited for the study. So am I. Thankful for everyone that's watching on the Facebook, YouTube, and on the Twitter, or now known as X, as well as the TikTok family over here. We're going to be getting right into our study in just a moment. If you would, as you're watching, share the stream, like the stream, all those things that interact with us. It helps a great deal so that other people can see the teaching that we're doing. I'm doing it myself. I'm following along, sharing it over here on X. Reposting it, rather. Glad that you're here today. I pray that you have an awesome day today. And you know the drill as we're studying through. I'm going to have you put some things in the comment section. I think it helps me to understand better when I write something down. When I'm listening, I'm watching, I'm hearing. Well, that's listening, right? So I'm looking, I'm listening, and then I begin to when I write things down, it helps me learn even better. And that's our prayer. That's my prayer. That's why I do these streams. That's why I do these teachings is because I want people to encounter Jesus. I want people to encounter him through his word and by the voice of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, he has promised us that he will teach us. You know, Jesus told us in John, is it John chapter 14? This would be a good, good prayer promise for us to pray uh, before we get started today. John chapter 14. Is it verse 26? John 14, 26, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Notice that. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. He will teach you all things. Make the comments bigger over here on TikTok. He will teach you all things. And bring to your remembrance all the things that I said to you. So we can have assurance knowing that when we study the Word of God, when we commit ourselves to God's truth, that the Spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit, He teaches us all things. And so when we do that, when we begin with prayer this morning, as we enter into our study time again, if you've not interacted some way on the stream, tapping some hearts on the screen, sharing it, liking it, subscribing, I ask that you would. About half of the folks that are watching on YouTube, uh, you, you're watching and engaging, but you've yet to subscribe. It's interesting. So if you've not subscribed to the YouTube channel, please do. Glad to have everyone that's on and watching. Let's get started. Let's pray. Pray with me. Father, in Jesus' name, we ask this, Lord, that as we come to your word today, that by the power of your word, you would instruct us by your truth, by the spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit. We thank you that he is teaching us all things through your word. And we believe that as we hide your word in our hearts, we'll not sin against you. But rather, we'll walk in your truth, we'll walk in your light, and we'll be imitators of you, Father God. In Jesus' name, if you believe that, type amen in the comment sections as we get started. Type amen in the comment section. And we're going to go to Ephesians chapter 5, and we're looking at verses 1 through 7. If you want to grab your Bible, grab your Bible, follow along with me. Ephesians chapter 5, starting at verse 1. I'm going to read the whole passage, and then we're going to work our way through verse by verse. Ephesians 5 verse 1. Therefore be imitators of God as dear children, and walk in love, as Christ also has loved us, and given himself for us, 
an offering, and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. But fornication and all uncleanliness or covetousness, let it not even be named among you as is fitting for saints. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. For this you know, that no fornicator, unclean person, nor covetous man, who is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore do not be partakers with them. Ephesians 5 verses 1 through 7. Walk in love. That whole passage is showing us, teaching us what it means to walk in love. You know, sometimes we might think if we hear the uh, Anne-Marie, I'm using the New King James Version. Um, People, when they hear the word love, oftentimes, especially in our society and cultural context, we hear the word love and we may think, uh, I don't know, many different things. I use this example a lot. We use the word love so arbitrarily. So flippantly sometimes. I love my wife. I love my kids. I love pizza. I love playing guitar. I love the fall weather. There's a bunch of different things, but every single one of those is either a different degree of love or maybe some isn't actually love, right? Do I really love pizza or do I just really enjoy it? Um, I can hear my mom right now telling me, you know, you don't love food. You like it. You enjoy it, but you don't love food. You love people. Love is reserved for people. And so what we're talking about today when we say walk in love, as Ephesians 5.2 commands us, it's not a suggestion, it's not a good idea, it's a command, walk in love. In fact, I want you to type that in the comments for me. Type in the comments, walk in love. Walk in love. We're talking about the God kind of love. Uh, The Greek word is agape. A-G-A-P-E, agape, the God kind of love. It is love that the King James language says charity. Now that, that probably helps out a little bit, charity. Now when you hear the word charity nowadays, we don't think of love. We think of organizations that do things for people. Well, that's probably not a bad idea or a bad analogy. A charity is someone that does good and benefits other people, helps people without expecting anything in return. A charity will go and help people uh, in in their need at that moment. Well, the God kind of love is a benevolent, self giving, freely giving love that meets the needs of people. The God kind of love is the love that loves first. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 5, verse 8, that God demonstrated His love for us, that while we were yet dead in sin, Christ died for us. That Christ died for sinners. So I didn't ask for the love, I didn't deserve the love, I was dead in sin, yet Christ died for me. Because God was showing His love. 1 John 4 tells us that we love Him, the Father, because He first loved us. So we walk, we are commanded to walk in this kind of benevolent God kind of love. Now, how are we going to do that? How are we going to walk in the love of God? Well, Ephesians 5, verse 1, our motto is 6855. I do not, no. 
Ephesians 5 verse 1. This is, this is powerful. Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children. You and I are instructed, commanded, to be imitators, to be followers of God, imitating Him in His ways. I want you to type in the comments, be a follower of God. Type that in the comments for me. Be a follower of God. Be a follower of God. And if you're listening on the replay in the podcast channel, say it out loud where you're listening. Be a follower of God. What does it mean to follow God? It means to imitate Him. It means to copy Him. You know, maybe in the digital world and age that we live in, um, we don't use it as much, but we still, even at the church here, we still have, you know, printers that have the function of copying. You know, you lift it up and you can put the paper down and it scans it and it can run off copies. So you have an original or what we call a master, a master copy, and you lay it on the copy machine, scans it, type in 20 and it runs off 20 copies. It is an imitation. It's a copy of that which is, is original or the master. You and I are commanded to imitate, to follow the Lord, to imitate our Father and follow Him in His ways. I wrote this, the Spirit is using the natural illustration of children to, of imitating or copying their parents. Now, if you're a parent, you know this and you know it all too well. You know that your children, I'm a father of two now. Now, my son, he's eight weeks old, so he's at this point is still growing and developing. But my daughter, I, this is absolutely true for my daughter. My daughter says what me and her mother, my wife, say, and her grandparents, and things she picks up at different places. But especially if Laura and I, my wife and I, when we're talking, my daughter's listening and she repeats what we say. Maybe not in that moment. Uh, maybe two or three weeks later, she'll say something, and I'm thinking, well, where in the world did you learn that from? And I realize, oh, that's something we say. My daughter mimics us in what we do. She repeats what we say, words, even like I'm going to call, you know, just say for simplistic communication, big words. In other words, words a three-year-old doesn't actually know the meaning of or understands the implication of that word. But she'll say it. She says it. She says it. Or phrases. She'll say phrases. She, she was uh, a week or two ago, uh, for several days in a row, if something was going on, she would, say, she would say, Oh, it's okay, dear. It's okay. It's okay, dear. It's okay, dear. I think, well, where'd you learn that from? And I think it's, it's either Minnie Mouse or Daisy Duck on one of these little short cartoons was saying that. It's okay, dear. It's okay. Don't worry, dear. Oh, dear. You know, it's like, where, why does a three-year-old say, oh, dear? You know, don't worry, dear. Now, as children, we learn to think in a certain way. And, and it, when you're getting married, if you're listening and you're, and you're single, you may, you've not experienced this yet. But I am guarantee you that when you get married... And for the married folk that can uh, testify to this, you can type in the comments if this is true or not. 
you will find out there are things that you say and do and ways that you think about things in life. And you just, you know, it's just, you don't even think about it. It's just subconscious, right? It's second nature. But when you get married, your spouse who's been brought up, even if you're very similar in what you believe and think, and you should be, the Bible tells us don't be unequally yoked together with unbelievers, especially in marriage. But so we can have very, we can have the same beliefs and understandings, but there's just different characteristics of things we do. The classic age-old toilet paper scenario. Do, do you put toilet paper where it has a tail going out this way or where it rolls under, right? And for one person, there's one right way. <laughs> and for the other spouse, it seems like it's always the other right way. Or the toothpaste scenario, right? I've done marriage counseling with, on this, uh, premarital counseling, telling like it's going to be these little things. It's going to be these little things that you notice about your spouse. Do you, like me, push the toothpaste from the end up? I even have this little plastic device that I slide over the tube and slide it forward just to make sure that all the toothpaste has been pushed out. <laughs> and so do you push it from the end up or do you just grab the tube and squeeze in the middle? And there's only one right way, of course. So you begin to learn that there's these little oddities about yourself that you didn't know about because you just do them. And where do we pick those up? From our childhood and the homes we live and the, from the people that raise us. And we do things and we don't even realize. Sometimes we don't even think about what we're doing and realize what we're doing because it just, it's just second nature. Well, it should be no different for the child of God. The child of God should imitate the Father. So how are we going to learn to imitate the Father? Well, obviously from His Word. Obviously from His Word. He gives us instruction of what is His will. His Word is His will. So we know what He wants done. It's in His Word. His Word changes us, it corrects us, it instructs us. Listen to this. This is uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. Thankful for everyone that's watching and listening today. 2 Timothy 3, verse 16. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. So notice that the Word of God is good for our understanding of who God is, doctrine, for reproof, evidence of God, for correction, when we get it wrong, how to get it get back right, for instruction, how to live, the pathway, training, discipleship, discipline in the Lord, that we may be complete, equipped for every good work. So God's Word gives us instruction on how to imitate Him. Okay, so what does that look like? Well, let's turn to 1 Peter 1. 1 Peter 1, verse 13 through 16 says this, Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children not forming yourselves or conforming yourselves to the former lust as in your ignorance, but as He who has called you is holy, you should also be holy in your conduct. Because it's written, Be holy, for I am holy. Well, one way that we walk like God is to 
fashion and conform ourselves to His truth. Because the opposite of that is to fashion and conform ourselves to the lust of this world, to our former lust as in our ignorance. When we were dead in sin, we were ignorant of the things of God. We didn't have understanding. Our understanding was darkened. Uh, we, we didn't see clearly. We, we didn't understand clearly. Uh, we were under the deception, uh, the deceiving power of sin. That's what Ephesians 4, 18 and 19 show us. We were a past feeling having any remorse for sin. We were given over to lewdness and uncleanliness and greediness. We were blind in our heart. But when the glorious light of the gospel of Christ Jesus hits us and we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, we're made alive and we're changed and we're renewed. And now we are to walk as obedient children not conforming ourselves to those old things we did in our ignorance, but rather we're to fashion and conform, or the word conform literally, to be molded, to go in the mold, to be molded after the way that God lives. And the way that God lives is holy. Franny 60 says on TikTok, but I failed so much. Guess what? There's new beginning. There's new mercies every day in the Lord Jesus Christ. Put your faith in Him and every failure is washed by the blood of Christ. And you're set on a brand new path in Jesus' name. So we're instructed, just one of the many things we can see from Scripture, not, not just one, it's not, this isn't the complete list, but many things we're instructed. One of them is we're to walk holy as God is holy. And you can walk holy. You can walk holy. Don't fall for this deceiving work that's in the earth that, that makes it out like the believer is just going to go from one sin to the next. You've been given a brand new nature. Lexus, it is live on YouTube. Yep. It is live on YouTube as well. You've been given a new nature. You've been given a new nature. The Spirit of God indwells in you, makes you alive. The dominion of sin has been crushed. And now we're under the power of grace that causes us to walk holy and walk in love, imitating our Father. Look at this, 1 John 3. 1 John 3, verses 1 through 3. I love this. This is a passage that's in my prayer, prayer outline that I, that I use for prayer every day. 1 John 3, verse 1, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called children of God. Therefore the world does not know us, because it did not know Him. Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when He is revealed, we shall be like Him. For we shall see Him as he is. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. So notice that this manner of love, this powerful God kind of love has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. We've received his love, which is salvation. And now we are called children of God. We were, according to Ephesians 2, when we were dead in sin, we were children of disobedience. 
Ephesians 2.2, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. See, the opposite of a child of God is a son of disobedience. It mentions it at the end of Ephesians 5 verse 6, let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. So I don't want to be a son of disobedience. I want to be a son of obedience. I want to be as obedient children, 1 Peter 1.14. And 1 John 3.1, I'm a child of God. And because I am a child of God, because you are a child of God, when you put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, you're born again into the family of God. And because you're a child of God, the world no longer knows you. The world doesn't recognize you anymore because the life of the believer is supernaturally different than the life of sin, walking in darkness. We're going to see that next week. Next week, we're, going to, we're talking today about walking in love. Next week, we're going to talk about walking in the light. And then after that, walking in wisdom. We're just working our way through Ephesians 5. But with the understanding that when we walk in love, the, the way we walk in love is to imitate God the Father. We imitate Him. And everything about Him is holy. Everything about Him is pure. Everything about Him is just. Everything about Him is righteous. 1 John 3, 3, this is, this is powerful. Everyone who has this hope in Him purifies himself just as He is pure. So if I'm following the Father, I'm going to walk in purity. I'm walking in purity. Uh, Jihad, someone told me there are two different accounts. Yeah, there's a, there's a fake account. Oh, maybe you're talking about something out in Scripture. There, there's a fake account of me on TikTok. He's doing a poor job. He only has a few people following him, but he's, copy, he, he's using my profile picture. He added a zero to my name, and then he's putting up my videos, and then he sends messages to people who follow back, saying, hey, we're doing this great orphanage work in the continent of Africa. We'd love for you to send us money. And oh, by the way, I'll send you a prophetic dream uh, if you give me some money. He's a fraud. He's a phony. And I pinned the profile, a picture of his profile. But you're talking about the book, of, you're talking about the fig tree. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, so with that being said, don't, don't, I'm never going to message you for money. Maybe chocolate chip cookies, but not money. Not money. I'm not going to message you selling prophetic dreams. <laughs> 1 John 3, 2. Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But when we know that He is revealed, we shall be like Him, for we will see Him as He is. We're to imitate the Father. We're to imitate the Father. Now, when we imitate God, when we walk like God walks, by His power, not our strength, not our power, but by His power. Remember, we've got a new nature. Second Peter 1, chapter 4, chapter 1, verse 4 tells us that we're partakers of the divine nature. We've been given this new life. We've been engrafted into the vine of Christ. The Holy Spirit's dwelling in us. We're baptized with His power. We're walking in faith. We're submitted to the instruction of His Word. We're being led by the Spirit, Romans 8, 14, because we're children of God. It's our covenant right to be led by the Holy Spirit. When we are imitating the Father, we will walk in love. We will walk in love. Ephesians 5, 2, and walk in love. And what's our example? As Christ 
also has loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. So the, the, the example, the example that we are given is not a low level or middle level. It is the highest level. It is the highest degree the highest degree of the display of the God kind of love that Christ died for us. I want to read it, Romans chapter 5, verse 8. You know, if somehow you were just scrolling on TikTok or the Facebook or YouTube or X, you're listening to the replay, for whatever reason you're listening and you've yet to put your faith in Christ, this is how much Jesus loves you. This is how much the Father has shown His heart of love for you. Romans 5, verse 6, For when we were still without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. Scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet, perhaps for a good man, someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates His own love toward us, in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having now been justified by His blood, we shall be saved from wrath through Him. For if we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of His Son, much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by His life. And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have received the reconciliation. So we've been brought back, we've been reconciled, we've been made right with God when we put our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ who died for us when we were without strength, verse 6. And then verse 7 says, you know, if there's a righteous man, you might get someone to die for a righteous man. And if there's a good man, you might be able to find someone that would lay down their life for a good man. But God demonstrated his love toward us, verse 8, in that while we were still sinners, not righteous nor good, Christ died for us. When we were not righteous... We're now right, the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 21, He who knew no sin became sin that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. But when we were not righteous, when we were not good, now, you know, good fruits are bore through us because the Spirit of God dwell in us. Christ died for us when we were unrighteous and when we were wicked, when we were evil. And that's how God showed us His love. You know, I was just speaking to a guy two days ago. Just two days ago, I was speaking to a guy. And he was sent, and I was, he, he started talking to me, asking me about the Bible. And I said, I believe the Bible is the Word of God. It changes you, shapes you, makes you clean, makes you holy. I said, let me ask you this. The Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, but if you put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, you'll be saved on your way to heaven. Your name will be written down in the Lamb's Book of Life. And I said, and I, I said to that gentleman, I said, if you were to breathe your last breath right now, would you be in heaven? And he said, well, I don't think I've done anything wrong. I'm a pretty good guy. I think I probably would make it to heaven. And I said, you, you, you don't have to be uncertain. You can have assurance. And you don't get to heaven based on how good or bad you've lived up to this point. You don't get into heaven based on what you do or your works. 
you get into heaven because you've been washed with the blood of Christ, having put your faith in the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ, confessing Him Lord, giving yourself to Him, and then His life lives in you. And that's why you never die. Because John chapter 11, Jesus told Mary Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. If you believe in me, you'll never die. Though you may die physically, you will never die eternally when you put your faith in me. And then you get changed. Yes, Creature on TikTok says, I finally found the guy who knows how to get into heaven. There's actually a lot of us that know how to get into heaven, Creature. Glad that you're watching and listening. There's a lot of us that know how to get into heaven. There's but one way. There's but one way that you can enter into heaven. And who, how is that way? John, we're taking just a detour here a second for, for my friend Creature on TikTok. John 14, verse 6. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So the greatest display of love, the greatest powerful display of the love of God was when Christ died for sinners so that he could make a way to the Father so that your name could be written down in the Lamb's book of life. Looking Upwards says on TikTok, you do not know how to get into heaven or even if it exists. Actually, I do know how to get into heaven and I do know that it exists. If it didn't exist and there wasn't a way, you wouldn't be arguing with me. But the reason you're arguing with me is because you're convicted in your spirit. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. Repent. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. He'll set you free. You'll be made brand new and you can have eternal life. So the greatest act of love that we saw was the sacrifice of Christ Jesus. Now look at this, 1 John chapter, not 1 John, 1 Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 verse 9. One quick verse. But concerning brotherly love, you have no need that I should write to you. Listen to this, this is so good. For you yourselves are taught by God. To love one another. I want you to type this in the comments. I am taught by God. Type that in the comments for me. Those that are listening on the podcast, say it out loud. I am taught by God. I am taught by God. I am taught by God. I love that. We don't go to a lesser teacher. There are people that we can learn from. 1 Corinthians 11, verse 1, the Apostle Paul says this, Under the unction of the Holy Spirit, 1 Corinthians 11, verse 1, Imitate me, just as I also imitate Christ. And that's not the only time when that's mentioned. There are many times in Scripture where godly men and women are examples that we can follow their path. In the book of Hebrews, I think it tells us, actually, that there are people that have went before us, they're faithful, follow their example. So there is an example that we can follow that is a natural example. But when it comes to the love that you and I are to express, to give, and to walk in, that we are taught of God by Himself. We are taught of God Himself. And I love that. It's like Ephesians 4. We looked at that a few weeks back. You have not so learned Christ. 
not learned of facts, figures, dates, but learned Christ, the man Christ Jesus, the Lord Christ Jesus. We know him because we have relationship with him. Well, when it comes to the love of God, we know how to walk in love because we are taught of God by himself. How are we taught of God? Through his word, through the work of the Holy Spirit in us. Just like a, like a piece of marble that a sculptor is chipping away and forming and fashioning, so we are being formed and fashioned. We are being put in that mold of God so that we can walk like He walks, so that we can talk like He talks, so that we can think like He thinks. It's a work of the Spirit of God. It's a miraculous thing. See, that's the thing. Don't ever underestimate how miraculous the life of the believer is. The life of the believer is so miraculous. It is supernatural. It is above the natural walk of life. And you and I are to walk in this walk of love. Now, then we are given in verses 3, 4, and 5, we're given point-blank examples of don't do these things. If we walk in love, there's a walk that is not love. And the walk that is not love is not fitting of the believers. So let's look at this in the next few minutes before we finish up. On this beautiful Thursday, I think I'm thankful for everyone that's watching and listening, whether on the live or the replay. I pray that you're being blessed by this. I know I am. Ephesians 5 verse 3, But fornication and uncleanliness or covetousness, let it not even be named among you as is fitting for saints. Neither filthiness nor foolish talking, coarse jesting, which is not fitting but rather giving thanks. So notice, I love lists. If you've ever listened to me watch, if you've ever watched me before, listened to me, or you're part of the faithful on the podcast, you know that I love lists. So just real quickly, six things, six forbidden things that we are instructed to not allow them to live in our life because it's beneath the dignity of a child of God. As a child of God, there are some things that are beneath your way of living. Looking Upwards is promoting the podcast. It's called the Faith for My Generation podcast. Completely free. We're about to drop our 200th episode this coming Monday. Thankful for you promoting the podcast, Looking Upwards. Faith for My Generation, you can check it out anywhere on any platform. Ephesians 5 verse 3 says this, Fornication, uncleanliness, covetous, filthiness, Verse 4, foolish talking, jesting. Now what's interesting is, and we're going to talk through those things just for a few minutes. There's basically two categories of these sins or two areas of life these sins touch. One are sexual sins, sins of the body. Appetites that are uncontrolled. God created sex, and in the method and means by which He created it, He established it to be expressed in marriage. There is one place where sex is a, has a green light from God. Considering He's the one created it, He's the one that gets to make the rules. And it is only to take place between a husband and a wife, married. In a few weeks, we're actually going to talk about marriage because we're working our way through the back half of Ephesians. But between one man and one woman, married, that's where sex takes place. Outside of that realm, outside of that sanctified area of life, marriage, it's out, it's off limits. It's against the law of God. That's what fornication is. It's basically an umbrella term 
for any type of sexual activity that takes place outside of marriage. Uncleanliness is sexual perversions. It would be any type of sexual expression outside of the natural order that God created. Then you get covetousness. Well, what is that? That's desiring and wanting something. You might think, well, that's not sexual. But actually, in the Old Testament law, it says don't, among the things you're not to covet is your, not, is your wife's neighbor. Or <laughs> your wife's neighbor. <laughs> you, shouldn't, <laughs> you shouldn't covet your wife's neighbor, nor should you covet, covet your neighbor's wife. <laughs> what, I, what I meant to say. <laughs> then it says filthiness. Foolish talking or coarse jesting. Now, we don't use coarse jesting, but that literally means just dirty jokes. It means language that is impure. So we have sexual sins of the body. Then we have sins of the mouth, of the way that we speak, of the way that we talk. All six of these things, and this is not a complete list. You can go throughout the New Testament. You see other things that are commanded for believers never to partake in. None of these things are fitting or proper in the walk of love. If you're walking in love, you're not going to commit these things. Excuse me, I shouldn't say things. You're not going to commit these sins. If you're really walking in the self-sacrificing, benevolent love of God, you're not going to cheat on your wife. Because you love your wife, you love God, and you should show love toward the person that if you were to commit that sin, you should show love toward them and not enter into sin with them. So think about that. If you are walking in love, you shouldn't speak words that are filled with filthiness that causes your mind to think on filthy things and someone else's mind to think on filthy things. You shouldn't talk foolishly and use your words to destroy if you're walking in love. If you're walking in love, you're not going to enter into fornication or uncleanliness because you realize that only God's method of expressing sexual desire is holy, it is joyful, it is fulfilling, and every other way to express yourself sexually is sinful, destructive, towards yourself and toward the person you're participating with. Or if it's pornographic. If you're watching pornography, you're not walking in love. You're not walking in love toward yourself, filling yourself with destructive thinking that tears down someone else that is created in the image of God. Why, why would you look on and lust on, to someone, uh, lust on someone and watching pornographic uh, videos Knowing that that person, you know, if it's a man watching it and it's women, that's someone's daughter. And they're made in the image of God. And Jesus shed his blood that they might be saved. But you're going to get a lustful high off of something they're doing? That's not walking in love. And then it's like, I'm thinking about Joseph and all these things. When Joseph was serving in Potiphar's house... And Potiphar's wife begins to lust after Joseph and tempts him and says, Hey, just come lie with me. Potiphar's gone. Don't worry about it. I, everything will be okay. Just come lie with me. And what does he say? Let's, I don't know if I could quickly find it. 
because I'd rather read exactly his words. Um, is it 39? Yeah, here it is. Let's see, verse 39. Verse 6, Thus he left all he had in Joseph's hand, that's Potiphar, and he did not know what he had except for the bread which he ate. Now Joseph was a handsome in form and appearance. And it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast longing eyes on Joseph, and she said, Lie with me. Genesis 39, verse 8. But he refused and said to his master's wife, Look, my master did not know what is with me in the house, and he has committed all that he has had to my hand. Basically, the Potiphar has allowed me to take charge of everything and manage everything for himself. Verse 9. There's no one greater in this house than me. He's kept nothing back from me, anything from me, but you, because you're his wife. Now listen, this is what Joseph said. This is beautiful. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? So Joseph's telling Potiphar's wife, he didn't say, Potiphar's been so good to me. He's put everything in my hand. He's put me in a place of authority in his house. He's entrusted everything that he has to me except you because you're his wife. How can I sin against Potiphar? Notice he doesn't say that. He says, how can I sin against God? How can I sin against God? Because all sin, the root of all sin is against God. Yes, when we sin, if you are to sin, it is a, you can sin against people. Everything we just talked about in this list of Ephesians 5, 3, and 4 are sins against people because it involves other people, whether sexual or through communication. It's involving someone, a recipient of those things. But at the root of all sin is sin against God. At the base level, all sin is against God and His, His will and His word. Psalm 51 verse 4, this prayer of repentance by David after he sinned, committed adultery with Bathsheba, murdered his number one right, or one of his right-hand man, Uriah. He writes this prayer of repentance. And Psalm 51 verse 4 says this, Against you, speaking to the Lord, against you, you only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight, that you may be found just when you speak and blameless when you judge. See, God is blameless when He speaks. He's blameless. He's just when He speaks. He's blameless when He judges. Because when we sin, at the base level of sin is my transgression against God. And if I'm walking in love as a believer, as a Christian, if I'm walking in love, I'm not going to sin against God. Verse 5. For this you know that no fornicator, unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater, someone that worships idols. So if you're coveting things, those are things that you worship. Has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. So the person that's actively practicing these sins, there's no inheritance for them in the kingdom of Christ and God. They must repent and be made right with God. And there's people, even today, 
This was written about 2,000 years ago. And still today, there's people running around speaking empty words, trying to deceive you, make you think that what you do, if it's sinful, has no judgment following it. Now, if you repent of your sins, the judgment that should come on you because of your sins, should come on me because of my sins, is laid on sacrificially, substitutionally, on the finished work of the cross of Christ Jesus. But if I continue in my sins, I'll suffer the consequence of those sins now in this life. Many of these sins that we're talking about have consequence right now, but also eternally, lest I repent of them. And there are people who try to deceive. They want to deceive you. Some of them are in my TikTok comment section right now. <laughs> Trying to deceive. They're speaking empty words. Ah, no, you, can, you don't. This whole God thing is all made up. This whole God thing's made up. Oh, no, no. That guy, AJ, he's just a stick in the mud. Don't listen to him. He's an idiot. Ah, you kidding me? He can't prove any of this stuff. Yep, 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 yep. But the wrath of God comes on the sons of disobedience. Now, look at this. You, I said 2,000 years ago, roughly when this was written, but you go further back. Go to the days of Jeremiah. Jeremiah 23, 14 through 17. Go even further back. This is what the Spirit of the Lord says through the prophet Jeremiah. Also, I have seen a horrible thing in the prophets of Jerusalem. They commit adultery and walk in lies. They also strengthen the hands of evildoers so that no one turns back, no one repents from his wickedness. These are prophets that are strengthening the hands of evil work, evildoers. They're, instead of calling them to repent and turn back, no, 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 no. All of them are like Sodom to me, and her inhabitants like Gomorrah. Therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts concerning the prophets, these guys who are lying to the people and not calling them to repentance, but rather empowering them, strengthening them in their sinful lifestyle, Behold, I will feed them with wormwood, says the Lord, and make them drink the water of gall. For from the prophets of Jerusalem, profaneness, pollution through the mouth has gone out into all the land. Thus says the Lord of hosts, Do not listen to the words of the prophets who prophesy to you. They make you worthless. They speak a vision of their own heart. Not from the mouth of the Lord, they continually say to those who despise me, the Lord has said, you shall have peace. And to everyone who walks according to the dictates of his own heart, they say, no evil shall come upon you. Now that was in the day of, pro of the prophet Jeremiah. Even further before Ephesians is written down, penned under the unction of the Holy Spirit. And in the day of Jeremiah, Jeremiah was beaten. He was in prison. What, he was thrown in a pit. He was taken a captive to Egypt. Why? Because he spoke the truth. And these false prophets hated him for that. They're running around and telling the people of Jerusalem, guys, don't worry about it. We're good. This Jeremiah guy, he's just trying to spoil the fun. He's saying we should turn from these things he's calling sins. Ah, don't worry about it. Why? Because they're engaging in sin themselves. 
and that literally the enemy is at the gates, literally, these nations have come to bring judgment on Jerusalem and the people of Israel and Judah because they, will ref they refuse to turn from their sin. And God told them years past in the covenant, in the law, that if you'll serve me, I'll bless you. If you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. But if not, you'll suffer from the hand of the sword. The blade of the sword will bring judgment. And these false prophets are telling everybody, deceiving them with empty words so that they won't turn from their sins. Well, that's Jeremiah. Go all the way back to the creation of man. Go all the way back to when man was created. Adam and Eve, they're abiding in the garden. They're living in the presence of God. They were walking with God in the cool of the day. And this serpent that's used of Satan comes to speak to Eve. Genesis chapter 3, Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of the tree, every tree of the garden? The woman said to the servant, servant, Serpent, we may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden. But of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Now Eve added that. God didn't say don't touch it. He said don't eat of it. He actually commanded Adam and Eve to take care of the entire garden. If you're going to take care of fruit trees, you've got to touch it. But you can't eat it. That fruit, that's the Lord's. Verse 4, Then the serpent said to the woman, You won't surely die. God said we will. Satan says, Nah, you won't. Verse 5, For God knows that in the day that you eat, it will open your eyes and you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. They're already walking in the presence of God. They're dwelling in the presence of God. They're walking daily with the Father. They see Him face to face. There's nothing that separates him, them from Him. There is no sin. Total perfection. Salvation takes us back to that relationship that they had. They're, they're there. They've got it. And Satan's trying to say, You'll be like God. They're already like God. They're made in the image of God. They have not been contaminated with sin. They're like Him already. But that old Satan, he's lying. Verse 6, So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, lust of the eyes, and it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise, that's the pride of life, good for food, lust of the flesh, Pleasant to the eyes, lust of the eyes. Desire will make one wise, pride of life. 1 John 2, 15, 16, and 17 tells us that all sin fall in those three categories. She took of its fruit and ate, and she also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. So from the very beginning, yeah, Barbara Larrick, you're exactly right. Looking upward says, don't you eat apples? Who said it was an apple? <laughs> the fruit's not named. Anyways, I do love apples, actually, all kinds. My favorite are gala apples. Fiji are pretty good. And I ate a good golden delicious, golden delicious today as well. But from the very time that man was created, Satan has been coming along with empty words trying to deceive. Because if he can deceive you, he can get you off of the walk of love. And lastly, we finish today. Ephesians 5 verse 7, Therefore do not be partakers with them.
don't partake in disobedience. Don't partake in disobedience. Walk in love. When you're walking in love, you're not walking in disobedience. When you're walking in disobedience, you're not walking in love. And we are commanded to walk in love as Christ did, imitating our Heavenly Father. Hey, I'm so thankful for everyone that's watching and listening today. If you've not yet subscribed on the YouTube channel or followed on Facebook, X, or TikTok, now's a great time to do that. Before we leave, I want to give you an opportunity. If you're watching and you're listening today, and you've never put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you know you need to make things right with God, the Bible tells us that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That's Romans 3.23. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Romans 6 verse 23 tells us the wages of sin, the paycheck for the work of sin, is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 10 verse 8 or verse 9 that if you confess with your mouth the Lord... Jesus, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Verse 10, for with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Romans 5, 1 and 2 says, therefore having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we also have access by faith into the grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Romans 10, 13 tells us, For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. The Bible tells us that God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever should believe on Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. If you're listening and you've never put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, you're not listening by accident. You're here on purpose. If you're listening to the replay, you're not listening by accident. You're listening on purpose. The Lord loves you, and He loves you so much that He has already paid the debt for your sins. You simply must receive His finished work by confessing Jesus is Lord of your life, believing He's the risen Son of God, surrendering to Him, repenting of your old way and surrendering to Him and His newness of life. You give yourself to Him, and He gives Himself to you. We're going to pray a prayer here in just a minute so you can do exactly that. But one other call. If you're listening, and at some point in time, you have put your faith in Jesus, but you know you've grown cold and you've walked away from God and you want to return and make things right with God, I want you to pray this prayer with me as well. And when you pray, having faith in your heart, according to what the Word of God says, you'll receive exactly what the Bible says we receive by faith. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17 tells us that if any man be in Christ... He is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. Verse 21, For He made Him who knew no sin, that's Christ Jesus, to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. I want you to pray this prayer with me. Pray this prayer with me and receive Jesus. Receive salvation and new life. Say this prayer following me. Say, Father, in Jesus' name, I repent of my sins. I ask for forgiveness of my way of life. And I believe that you sent your son to die on the cross for my sins, to be buried 
and my grave to die my death. And I confess Jesus is Lord. I believe He is risen from the dead and He is seated at your right hand. And just as He lives, so shall I forevermore. Lord, I surrender all that I am, spirit, soul, and body. Wash me clean, purge me by the blood of Christ. I'll live for you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer for the very first time, or you prayed that prayer to return to the Lord Jesus Christ today, you either prayed it to receive salvation for the first time or to make things right with God, I want you to fill out this form. Now, if you're watching and listening on the YouTube channel, Facebook, or on X, I've just posted the link in the comment section. If you're watching on TikTok, you can go to my link tree and fill out the form. And as Looking Upward says, when you fill out the form and, get the, and we get the information, we're going to send you a study guide, Bible Basics for Spirit-Filled Believers. It's completely free. All you do is fill out the form, and we will send you a study guide. It's a 12-lesson, 12-chapter study guide that if you take it and you study through it with your Bible, it'll make you a strong believer. It'll give you understanding on the very foundational basics of what it means to be a believer, to be, believe, to be a Christian, to follow Jesus. Completely free. Completely free. We'll mail it to you. And so we're thankful for you that you've done that. If you do that, we had six people last week. Six people fill out that form. Six people that filled out that form last Thursday. Praise God. And so I'm believing that if you've done that today, go ahead, fill out that form, and we'll richly bless you. We'll send you that book in the mail. Make sure that you stay connected with us. Next Thursday, we're going to kick it back off at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Walk in light. Walk in light. Come join us. Love to have you. Thankful for you. Jennifer, appreciate you. Glad that you're listening. Always good to see you on here watching. Thankful for you. I pray that you have a great rest of your day. We'll see you next week. Hey, if you're in the upstate of South Carolina, the Lawrence area, come join us. Sunday mornings, 1030 a.m. We'd love to have you. All right, God bless you. Thanks so much for joining me for this episode of the Faith for My Generation podcast. Remember, every Monday I've got a brand new wake-up call for you, and every Thursday I've got a brand new episode right here on Faith for My Generation podcast. And remember, we are the faithful.